0: The following podcast is sponsored by Structure Tech.
1: You ask any homebuyer, what are you concerned about with this house? And top five answers, maybe the number one answer is going to be, is there water in my basement? Everybody wants to know about water coming into their basement, especially if you've got a finished basement. Home buyers want to know about this.
0: This is Structure Talk, a podcast from Minnesota's most highly rated home inspection company, Structure Tech. We're the people who do home forensics and deliver the unbiased truth about your property. Structure Talk is hosted by our home inspection specialists, Ruben Saltzman, Tessa Murray, and Bill over
2: It's summertime in the upper Midwest, and it's also the rainy season. We want to talk about all the different things that homeowners need to be aware of to keep water out of the inside of their basements. So Ruben, I'm going to throw it over to you. From a home inspection perspective, what are you looking for to make sure that people are managing the water that's coming off of their roof?
1: Bill, that is a great question. And I'd say that's probably the first thing we look at as home inspectors. When we pull up to a home, We're driving up slowly. It's that creeper thing my wife hates. She's like, Ruben, quit driving so slowly. You look like a creeper. That's why I pull up to all my home inspections. (laughs) I go slowly because I'm looking at the roof and I'm looking at all those roof angles thinking about where water comes off the roof. If you got these big valleys and all the water gets concentrated right to the front door, which it always is. Right? Always. Oh, my gosh. Houses built in the last 20 years or so? Yep. That's the only way they do it. You yep. take all of the front of the house, and you make all these valleys, and you deposit it right to the front door.
3: <laughs> and we're not joking. Seriously. Yes. Drive through a newer neighborhood and look at the roof lines and look at where all that water drains to. My parents actually bought a townhome a few years ago, about five years ago. Yeah. And it was a, it was a double hip roof. And so at the front of the house, like, you know, the left portion kind of jutted out. And the right portion also has it has a jut out over the garage. Yeah. And both sections of that roof drain right to the middle. And guess what's in the middle? Their okay. front door. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so that's, every time yeah. they have to go through uh, you know, a rainfall to get to their front door when it's raining.
1: All right. Sorry. That was a really long answer, Bill. What were you asking? No, just kidding. <laughs> so that's what we're looking at. The first thing is where does all the water come off the roof? And then from there, how does it get away from the house? We want to make sure that, well, either the ground slopes away or in a perfect world, you're gonna have gutters and downspouts and downspout extensions, right?
3: Extensions, keyword. Yes, yes.
1: I said this so many times. Having short downspout extensions is gonna be worse than no gutters at all. Because if you got no gutters, that water gets dispersed evenly along the edge of your house. But if you've got short downspout extensions, it concentrates all that water right to a corner, right to one area. That's always where water comes in, right?
2: I think for me, I live in the city and I've got about six feet of land in between my house and my neighbor's house. And all of us in the neighborhood are flat. There's nowhere for this water to go. And I've sloped it, whatever, three feet towards the center lot line. What am I supposed to do in this situation?
3: Well, there's a couple different options. If your neighbor's really close to you, one thing you could do is create a swale, right? Right. Yeah. A swale is a, like a little ditch between your property and your neighbor's property. And you can get that slope away from your house and drain that water into this swale that can then take the water away from your foundation.
1: Yeah, either to the front or the backyard, either one. Yeah. The other one, and this is usually I, I tell people on the backside of a hill, is to have exterior drain tile, basically. I mean, some people call it a French drain. It's not quite an accurate term, but it's corrugated perforated plastic piping buried right below the surface of the ground, and it wraps around the house. So water cascading down the hill is going to fall down into this piping, and then it gets distributed around the sides of your house and deposited out in the front yard somewhere. That's a really good way of dealing with it, and it's not that difficult to put that stuff in either.
3: So do you have to worry about that type of drain getting clogged? How do you maintain it?
1: Yeah, it certainly can get clogged. It depends on what you put on top of it. I mean, ideally when it gets installed, now we're getting into design here, but ideally when it gets installed, you put a sock around the stuff. They even sell these socks. You can get big, thick socks that are like the, the same width of the drain tile and it's got foam beads in there to help it from getting clogged. Another way is, is to just fill in that ditch with class five rock. That means you've got big chunks mixed in with little chunks. And then over the top of that, you have a lot more rock. I mean, if you just use dirt, especially if you've got really tightly packed dirt, like clay, clay. Um, <laughs> that's going to clog the stuff up for mm-hmm. sure. So you want to fill it in with something else that's a lot more porous, like like sand, and don't try to grow grass over the top of it. It's not going to work. You need to incorporate this into your landscaping. There's just not enough
2: material there.
1: It's not porous enough. It's going to clog the drain tile.
2: So we're managing the exterior fine, but I'm still seeing water kind of seeping in. Now what?
3: Well, if you have done everything you can do on the exterior, you've added the gutters, you've maintained them, you've got proper downspout extensions, good grading, you're still having these issues with water intrusion, while well, the next step is to remove that water once it gets into the house. If you've done all these things on the outside and you still have a wet basement, you can add drain tile and a sump basket with a pump in it that will pump that water out of your basement. And how does that work? Well, you'll have a company come, they will chop up the floor, the concrete floor in your basement, around the perimeter of the foundation. How far in? Where the footing is, typically 6 to 12 inches into the, the floor, and lay this perforated, corrugated pipe around the perimeter of your foundation. And that pipe will collect the water that comes in and drain it into a basket. And then there's a pump that's installed in that basket that will pump that water out, out of the house, into the yard.
2: So it's just a revolving door. Comes in, pump it out, comes back in, pump it out.
1: Yeah, and then if you have a short discharge on that pipe going out, you really have a revolving door, and it'll pump right (laughs) next to the house, and then it'll leak right back in, and you have a continual circle there. But, yeah, that's kind of your last-ditch effort. I mean, if you've already tried doing everything on the outside of the house to get rid of water— and you still have it. And there's a lot of homes where that is the situation. I mean, high water tables, different types of soils, you can end up with that. And the drain tile is the last ditch effort. And it's, it's just about a guarantee that you're not going to have a wet basement. Not a not 100% guarantee, but it's about as close as you're going to get. Thanks,
2: Ruben, for that explanation. When we get back, we're going to talk about maintaining these systems so you don't have a failure
0: at the most inopportune time. You're listening to Structure Talk, brought to you by Structure Tech, the most highly rated home inspection company in the Midwest. Delivering to you the unbiased truth about your home.
2: Okay, Ruben, now that we've got the system in, we're managing the water, we can feel great about this. We can go on vacation and never worry again, right?
1: Well, yeah, that'd be great if, uh, <laughs> if the sump pumps lasted forever. And you you know? Know, I always joke that it's not... If your sump pump is going to fail, it's when. They all fail at some point. Okay. They, they, they have a finite life. And the first point of failure that just about everybody's going to experience is your power going out. When is the power most likely to go out? It's when you got a big storm. And when do you most need your sump pump? During that big storm. So power goes out. What do you do now? I mean, do you get the family down there and start getting buckets and bucket it <laughs> out? I've, I've talked to people who have done that before. Or maybe even better is you have a backup system installed, and that's what I recommend. I mean, anytime I do a home inspection and I find a sump system and it's active, and my definition of active is there's water in the sump basket. It's not bone dry. If there's an active system, I recommend putting in a backup system.
2: Is this a whole second pump, or what's the backup
1: Yes, it is. On the very low end of protection, you could just put an alarm in. You can get like a little, you know, $8 alarm and it sounds off if the water level gets too high. And then it lets you know that you can start getting buckets and (laughs) bucket water out. I mean, it's better than nothing other ways of dealing with it you could install i mean probably the best way of dealing with this is to install a backup sump pump and it's a secondary pump and it it's a smaller pump it operates on a 12 volt battery essentially a car battery it's going to be a deep cycle battery that gets installed outside the sump basket and it has its own float and if the water level gets high enough whether because your primary pump failed or the power went out or the float got stuck, whatever the reason is, if the water gets too high, the secondary pump kicks on and it starts pumping water out. So it's it's a nice backup to put in, and they're not that expensive. I mean, you know, the whole system itself, less than $500 at a home improvement store, and if you're a fairly confident DIYer, you could put one of these systems in. There's there's some great videos on YouTube showing exactly how it's done. If you want to hire a plumber, plan on spending another 500 $700 to have them put it in for you.
2: It sounds like a bilge pump on my boat.
1: Sounds about right. <laughs> I'm not up on boats and bilge pumps, but well, it's just a 12-volt. It's
2: a little pump with hooked to a 12-volt battery that pumps water out that gets in. So very simple system.
1: Yeah, yeah that's about right.
2: Okay, what else can go wrong?
3: Uh, Well, a lot of times we'll find sump baskets that either don't have a lid or there's a cover, but it's just loose and you can see right into the pump. And so you need to make sure that that lid is supposed to be screwed down. Right, Ruben? And it should also be airtight because you don't want that moisture from the sump basket evaporating, coming back into the house. Radon gases. Exactly. And you also don't want radon coming Back up into the into the house from the sump basket. So that lid should be screwed down and airtight. And I'd say most of them probably aren't, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that sounds about right. And then what what happens if it's just loose? What if it's mostly airtight and it's just kind of there? What's what's the big concern, Tess?
3: You could have uh, someone fall into it or a small child. What I tend to find is objects floating in sump basket.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Objects.
3: Yeah. Objects.
1: What have you found?
3: Probably the creepiest thing I've ever found at a home inspection was in a crawl space. And in the far corner of this crawl space was a sump basket. And the lid was loose on that. And so I was able to just pop that off and look inside. And floating in about 10 inches of water was this moldy, Baby doll laying face down <laughs> oh, <laughs> in the water.
1: I remember that, test. That was one of the, our top photos of the year, I think. That made our top 20 list. And I, I save all those top 20 things on our website. I mean, if you go to the galleries section, go to StructureTech1.com and you go to galleries and you go to inspection defects. I have that photo here of that uh, baby doll floating in the sump basket. If I don't know if you don't want to sleep tonight.
3: It was a pretty can... disturbing image, and um, it really freaked out the buyer that was with me that day
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Wow. So Ruben, have you ever blogged about this topic? Have you blogged about how to set up that secondary pump just in case people want to refer back to instructions? I
1: don't have like a YouTube video that I created showing step-by-step how to install it, but I do discuss it. I talk about some different brands. I think Watchdog is probably the one that we're most familiar with. They seem to have about 90% of them out there. You know, I'll tell you, it doesn't have to be a battery-powered pump. You can actually get a a water-powered pump And I had installed one of those at my last home where it uses the municipal water pressure to power the pump. And so, and it, you know, they're not very efficient for every one gallon of water that runs through the pump from your municipal water supply. It might remove half a gallon from your sump basket, but they do work and you never have to worry about a battery or anything else. As long as you got water coming into your home, it's a decent option. They're just slow. And if you're on a well, it means that you're relying on power to operate your well pump. These just aren't an option. You need to be on municipal water supply to install a water-powered pump. But it's an option.
2: All right. So we've got the water being drained to the sump basket. Now we're, we're maintaining the basket properly. It's going to the exterior. Is there anything else you need to be aware of during the seasons that might cause a problem for you?
1: Well, you say that the water is going to go to the exterior. I guess that's the last part of this is what do you do with that water that once it gets to the outside, we find a couple different problems. I mean, number one is what do you do with that discharge pipe? Do you run it right next to your home so it short circuits and comes back? Or do you have a nice long one and run it out into the yard? That's, that's certainly what you want. But then what does that pipe look like? You can buy these corrugated pipes for like, you know, 10 bucks for a 25 foot pipe and you run it way out into the yard and that's wonderful, but what do you do every time you mow the lawn? Do you got to move it? do you put it back? And then what happens in the winter time? Now that's that's a huge one. And th- there's this idea that some pumps don't run in the winter and they, they mostly don't run in the winter, but it's only mostly. Uh, they, they still will run periodically. And I experienced that myself.
3: What happened? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: I came downstairs, you know, first thing in the morning, 5 a.m. or whenever I came down, I go sit at my computer and I hear this buzzing noise, just this worrying noise on the other side of the basement. I didn't pay any attention to it. But after about like a half hour sitting down there, I started wondering, what the heck is that noise? I started waking up. I go into the basement and check it out. And it's my sump pump. It had been running like all night, I suspect. Oh my gosh. Nonstop. Trying to pump water out of my sump basket, but I've got one of those corrugated pipes on the outside of my home. It's the dead of winter, it's filled with ice, and the water's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. So the pump never Uh shut off. So, you know, I don't know how many years it took off the life of my sump pump. I did end up having to replace my sump pump before I sold that house. It did run out. And the fix there is don't have a corrugated pipe on the outside of your house in the dead of winter. If you got a corrugated pipe, you need to disconnect it in the fall. That's an important fall maintenance thing.
3: And if you have pesky squirrels or chipmunks around... Maybe you should also think about putting something on the end of that corrugated pipe so they don't store all of their acorns in there too, right?
1: Oh yeah, good idea. Absolutely. <laughs> that actually
3: happened to my parents. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Nice. Their pump wasn't working, and it was it was full of hundreds of acorns.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome! It'd, it'd be cool to see it once the pump actually kicks on. It just blows them all out of there, right?
3: I wish, but that pipe was so long, and that pump was not strong enough.
1: Oh, those it chipmunks one. Clogged it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All
2: right, so that's the simple fix. You can manage the water at the exterior. If it happens to leak in, make sure you've got a a system to manage it and get it out where it belongs and then if you're in a cold climate like we are make sure you have the right kind of material so that it doesn't get frozen or back up or any other sorts of problems that happen. Ruben I'm sure this is something that has been addressed on the blog. Can you tell everybody how to find all these great pearls and and tips for home ownership?
1: Well you can find the blog. That's really where all the information is. If you do a Google search for home inspection blog it should be the first thing that comes up. If you want to be really sure you can type in structure tech blog our, our website is structure tech one Awesome.
0: Great. You're listening to Structure Talk, brought to you by Structure Tech, the most highly rated home inspection company in the Midwest. Delivering to you the unbiased truth about your
2: home. Clearly, It's important that anybody in a real estate transaction consider a home inspection. It's super important that you find a qualified home inspection expert to come out and do a thorough evaluation of the real estate you're considering. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time.
0: For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at StructureTechOne.com.